Hello, this is Amanda Henderson, former character host at the Disneyland Resort, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 122 of Stories of the Magic. We're back. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to Stories of the Magic, we are a positive and story-filled Disney podcast offering stories from cast members, Imagineers, artists, actors, and more, including guests, promoting a mutual love of Disney, celebrating and preserving the Disney magic and legacy, and inspiring people to live their dreams just as Walt Disney did. If that appeals to you or piques your curiosity, you're in the right place and I am glad you're here. You know, when I think of people who have worked for or are associated with Disney, I think of at least three kinds of people. First are the people who pretty much everybody knows, the celebrities. People like Neil Patrick Harris, Mandy Moore, Ed Asner, and even the CEO, Bob Iger. If you're even passingly familiar with Disney, there's a pretty good chance that you've heard of him. Next are the people who most have not heard of unless they have a strong interest in Disney. But they're perhaps not as famous as the first group. John Lasseter from Pixar and Tony Baxter, the Imagineer, are examples of that group. Finally, there are the people who are not particularly well-known, but they should be. They are not celebrities, or executives, or high-level Imagineers. Because of the job they've had, and any number of other factors, very few people may know them. Yet they are every bit as important, incredible, and fascinating as the others. The people in the first two groups, you may have it on your bucket list to get to meet and talk to someday. I have some of those people on my list too, but really, the people in this third group are the ones who are on my list. They're the ones who I am truly thrilled and honored to have on Stories of the Magic. These people have enriched my life in indescribable ways, far more than most of these so-called popular people. My hope is that after hearing their stories, they have that same place of significance and value in your eyes as they do mine. Today's guest is one of the people in that third group, and perhaps one of the best examples of this type of person that I've ever met. In this episode, we return to one of my most popular guests, Amanda Henderson, for a wonderful follow-up interview. Back on episode 110, Amanda talked about how she got started working at Disneyland, and specifically as an entertainment or character host. Traditions class, the best cast member first day story I've ever heard. Her favorite moment of making magic for a guest, and something a guest did to make magic for her. Why Disneyland is such a special place to her, and more. Now in this episode, Amanda talks about a brief refresher on how she got started working at Disneyland and what a character host does. Her last day. Usually I get to ask people about their first day, but this time we got to talk about her last day. Getting engaged at Disneyland. What happened to her engagement ring later in the day and how Goofy helped her. Being part of a training crew for Mickey's Halloween party and working with some of the villains. Social clubs. What they are and details about hers, the main attraction social club. Her multiple favorite attractions. 
being Disneyland Fit Girl on Instagram and what that's all about. A tip for you for meeting characters. It will bring a smile to your face to hear how she talks about this. And of course, shameless plug time. Now a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and begin this story. Hey, hey, Skywalkers, this is Richard, and over here is my sweetie wife, Sarah. You can call me Jedi Tink. And we are Skywalking Through Neverland. Jimmy Mack here. When you wish upon a podcast, wish upon this podcast. These guys are awesome. (laughs) We are a fan-focused podcast that covers Star Wars, Disney, pop culture, and their fandom communities. The stuff that surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds us all together as instantaneous friends. What do you know? We showcase what people are doing in the world of fandom and talk to those who are involved firsthand in the universes that we love. This is Margaret Carey, Tinkerbell. This is Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett from Star Wars. Steve Sansweet from Rancho Obi-Wan. Hey, it's James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I happen to be skywalking through Neverland right and now. I'm and skywalking I am through skywalking Neverland. through and Neverland. I am skywalking through Neverland. I've always hated space travel. Yeah. Skywalking through Neverland is the ultimate expression of fandom. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and our website, skywalkingthroughneverland.com. And remember, Neverland on Alderaan. <laughs> and now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. I've enjoyed every one of the guests I've had here on Stories of the Magic, and I hope that you, the listener, have as well. But sometimes a guest is so well-received, I just have to go back and talk to them again. When I got emails regarding today's returning guest from some listeners telling me she was their favorite and they can't wait to hear more from her, and when her first episode is in my top ten, of course we had to sit down together again. Now, in case you missed her first appearance on episode 110, let me catch you up. Even if no one had told you she'd been a cast member, you would know just from interacting with Amanda Henderson, because she's not only the kind of person I would expect to see working there, she's the kind of person I would want to see working there. Smiling, helpful, friendly, kind, fun, compassionate, high integrity, dedicated, and of course she loves Disney. Now, Amanda was an entertainment host at Disneyland, and we talked about exactly what that means during our first conversation. I'm sure we'll get to more stories today, too. She's also a founder of the main attraction Disneyland Social Club. She's Disneyland Fit Girl on Instagram, and she considers Disneyland her second home. Obviously, this is going to be another fun conversation. So, Amanda, welcome back to Stories of the Magic. Thank you so much. I feel so built up. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that I can do all of those things that you said. (laughs) I'm smiling from ear to ear now. Well, good. And you just be yourself, and you will be (laughs) all of those things. Okay, I can do that. (laughs) Okay. So let's remind people, how did you get started working at Disneyland and what did you do there? Like, what is an entertainment host? Starting the whole Disneyland lifestyle, that was definitely, I mean, I'd have to take you way back. (laughs) We would have to go back to, you know, before I was even born. Both of my parents met there um, while working there. And ever since that point on, before I was an inkling in their eye, I I have had Disney blood in me, truly. So it was only a matter of time before I myself would be working there. 
it was a whole process. You had to go to auditions and you had to, um, I mean, even in the auditions, there were steps to the whole process of becoming a character host. And long story short, I did have to take three auditions um, in order to become a character host. And within those three auditions, there were different steps things you had to do between improv and what would you do if a guest asked you this question and then the training process and finally you get your ask me about characters pin class of um, says your year and that's kind of the moment where I officially became a part of the Disney family you know like we talked before in our last interview it was what was that feeling when you got your name tag and um, what was that like and it's just surreal it really is. So um, going into that character host position, you really have to, of course, be there for the characters that you're working with that day. You are viewing their line, making sure that they're in and out on time because, you know, some of the characters do have to get into their parade outfits. So you have to make sure that, okay, Susie from Cinderella, you need to go over and get into your, you know, sparkly outfits because, you know, um, they just had their big diamond anniversary so they had to do their diamond outfits right um so you're just kind of you know their person you're there to help them with whatever they need between giving a pen being their voice and interacting with the children um is definitely key that's the fun definition of a character host (laughs) okay good and i want to come back to some maybe a couple more stories a little bit later on yeah but first I always get to ask people about the first thing that they did with Disney. And, you know, we talked about that last time of your first day on the job and oh, yeah. getting lost yes. and everything. That was that was a really fun story. I love that story, <laughs> by the way. I'm glad it was fun for you. It was definitely <laughs> terrifying for me, but I'm glad it was fun for you. <laughs> but I want to go to the other side of it. Can you tell me about your last day? Yes. I remember it vividly because I was at one of my favorite locations. I was at Pooh Corner and I love Pooh Corner. I love getting to um, be right next to my favorite attraction, which is Splash Mountain. I love being in a sort of secluded area because, I mean, that's one of the areas that's the farthest you can go. So you have to turn back around and go throughout the rest of the park. So it's very controlled um, in that aspect as far as guest flow. Not only that, but the queue line there uh, has stanchions already sectioned off. So it's very manageable as a character host to know, okay, I have to cut the line at this part so that Winnie the Pooh can get grabbed by the honey and come right back. Or I have to close the line at this point because we're closing for the day. So it's just really relaxing. It's not as chaotic, say, as Town Square is where you have five characters in different locations and you have to go, you know, bump from each one and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And... You know, kind of to round it all together is the fact that the 100 Acre Wood characters, each one has just this different personality. You know, you have Pooh, who's just kind-hearted and, you know, uh, just fluffy and so, like, sweet to hug. And then you have Eeyore, who's more on the melancholy side. He, He needs a little bit of cheering up. He needs extra love and care. And then you have Tigger who's just all over the place and is a big ball of energy. So you also do have the rare-er characters like Yellow Rabbit. 
who stands like next to his gardens. You have to make sure that you know he's tending to his vegetables, and mm-hmm. Eeyore doesn't try to come along and be like, "Oh, I'm just a little hungry today. <laughs> Need a little nibble." And then Piglet, who's the most rare of them all between uh, the Hundred Acre Wood characters, it's always a treat to see him. Um, and I personally connect the most with Piglet because he's more shy, more timid, as outgoing as I may sound, trust me. Um, He's more on the little, uh, yeah, the little shy side. So I definitely love, love getting to work with them. So my last day was I had the best crew, I had the best area, and getting to work with, uh, you know, some of my favorite characters was awesome. It was very peaceful, relaxing, and they sent me off on a very good, high, happy note. So it was good. Good. And that was the characters you were with for your first day, too. So Yes, absolutely right. It came full circle. It was definitely a moment where I felt that kind of that nostalgic feeling where it's like, oh, I started here, I'm ending here. It was perfect. I imagine it was probably a little melancholy when you clocked out for the last time. You know, uh, it, it was and it wasn't. I felt like I was going to a new chapter in my life, and I knew where I wanted to go and uh, the person I was becoming. But at the same time, working there definitely made me the person who I was, and I learned so much. So I was both thankful and, of course, a little... You, I guess you could say melancholy. I felt a little Eeyore-ish. <laughs> right. So, but it was good. Good. And, you know, I have to tell you, we saw the Christmas parade five times, I think, this last my Christmas season. My favorite parade. Mm. I'm so happy. My daughter is obsessed with it. And I think it was maybe about the third time that we saw it. And we get to the section with the Hundred Acre Woods characters. Mm-hmm. And so Pooh goes by on his sled, and she's watching and then Tigger goes by on his sled, and she watches. And then she sees Eeyore dragging his overturned sled yep. behind. And she looked at him, and she blew him a kiss. Aww. She didn't do it with any of the others, but she could tell he needed a little extra. <laughs> yes, he does He'd need had a rough time. Love. So yes. I thought that was really sweet. My favorite. Sometimes if he's feeling it, uh, you'll see Eeyore in, um, in that uh, section. And he will give you a little shimmy it'll give you a little dance and <laughs> I just brightens my day when I see that because even though his sled is turned over his presents are all strewn across the snow he's he's still got a little happy in him <laughs> that's right so. that's right well let's talk some more about some of the time that you worked there and you shared a couple of great stories from before um, but do you have any others any other fun memories Anything with guests or just even time with you and the characters? I know sometimes, maybe not so much now, but sometimes before there might have been times mm-hmm. where the lines were shorter and you might have had a little bit of time with the characters waiting for guests to come up. Oh, that's a good question. Because every day was so different. One thing that does pop into my head at this moment is I was engaged in 2012 and my husband asked me, did I tell the story before? If I, I did, forgive so. me, but this is a good one. I was engaged in 2012, and my husband, or my boyfriend at the time, asked me, you know, if you could be, in, if I could engage to you, would you mind it being at the park? Because it was a huge place, not only uh, for me, like I said, between myself and my family, but also for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his parents worked there, and it's just, 
it's been our place, as I'm sure everybody can understand. It says it's your place. So he asked me that, and because I was working at the time, there at the time, I said no. (laughs) I said, I do not want you to propose to me where I work. (laughs) And as a guy, no offense, he heard that, and he's like, yes, I'm going to propose to her there. (laughs) I could see how he would have misinterpreted that very clear statement of no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I am so glad he did. So um, he took me to the Mark Twain, and this has never been necessarily one of our places to go to, but before we went, he said, hey, uh, do you want to, you know, dress up, and we'll go take pictures, and you don't have to ask me twice to dress up. I will be there every dapper day. I love, love, I'm such an old soul, so I love to dress up um, in any other era you can imagine. So I was like, of course. Of course, I'm going to dress up, and we'll go take pictures, and it'll be just a nice, beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, okay, well, we're definitely going to go on the Mark Twain because that's the perfect setting. So we go to the Mark Twain, and uh, before we go there, he's like, hey, do you want to go check out some uh, pins over here at the Trading Post um, over in Frontierland? And I said, of course. Frontierland's my favorite land. I love pin trading. He's just, like, on a roll today. <laughs> so I was like, yes, I do. So I go to check out the pins, and he's like, I'm going to go to the Mark Twain and see if we can go up to the top. So he does that. Little do I know, he already has it worked out. Or like, okay, we're going to propose. I'm going to propose to my girlfriend today, and we need to be up here at the top. And he was just checking in with them, and he comes back to get me. And he's like, awesome. They said that nobody's asked yet. We can go up there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. (laughs) This is great. So long story short, we go up there. The captain is taking a picture of us, and when she counts to three, he drops down onto his knee and I promise you I thought he fell on the floor and I'm like are you okay what happened um and he just you know just you know quiets me down he's like okay wait for it wait for it and he proposes so he proposes to me in the park and I'm already so excited and and, uh elated and I yell off the top I'm engaged super excited and happy all of this built up, this whole story, leading to this moment where I am in town, or it's not town square, Toontown, excuse me, and I am working with Goofy, and I have my engagement ring on, and I am like still on cloud nine, and as you know, Toontown is a very congested area. Mm-hmm. It can be very packed, and especially on a hot day, it could be even crazier (laughs) just between all the dynamics of all the guests everything that's going on with the attractions there it's a busy place Mm -hmm. so like I said this particular day I'm with Goofy I have my engagement ring I'm super excited Goofy's line needs to be cut I go to the back of it and look down and there's no ring I mean the ring's on my finger but there's no stone (laughs) so I'm a little panicked More than a little. I'm Uh very panicked. And I'm looking around in Toontown, and it is busier than ever. I cannot get through this sea of people, cannot leave Goofy. So I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place and about to cry (laughs) that I lost my ring. Um, So we get to the end of uh, Goofy's line, and I tell Goofy, because he notices I'm pretty sad, so I tell Goofy, and I'm like, 
I lost my ring. And Goofy, being the awesome guy he is, he loves to help in every situation. I mean, between decorating the tree or mm-hmm. helping clean up town square, um, he is definitely a helper. Would we say he's maybe the best of helpers? That's up to you. <laughs> His heart's in the His right place. His heart is definitely in the right place. That is very true. So <laughs> we're walking around, and he's trying to help me find my ring. And guests, of course, are coming up to him, wanting pictures at the same time. So it's very difficult to juggle those things. But long story short, he helped me find my ring, and it was so awesome. It was so sweet of him. And trust me, in two, in Disneyland, finding a diamond <laughs> on the <laughs> ground is not an easy task. But he did it, and he helped me. And yeah, it's it's exciting now when I look down at my ring. Not only was I engaged to at uh, the Mark Twain, which the video is on YouTube. I can send you the link. Yes, please. Not only was I engaged on the Mark Twain, but I got my ring in Toontown. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty exciting. So the picture that you sent me to use for the last episode, was that from when you got engaged? That was not. Um, we actually went back there um, to the Mark Twain to take our engagement photos. Uh-huh. And that's a funny story, too, because... It was just days before the diamond celebration. And they were on a pretty tight, you know, lockdown with people bringing cameras and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that was a little difficult to take very professional pictures there. And our photographer can attest to it. It was a little difficult (laughs) for him, I'm sure. But we managed to... You know, get in. We talked to the pilots of the Mark Twain before we even came there that day that we're planning on doing this. Is this okay? Can we come up to the top? And they were all for it. But I definitely understand how and why Disney was on their A game between letting cameras (laughs) into the park, especially leading up to the 60th. There were a lot of surprises they, they gave to their guests that I'm sure they wanted to keep on the down low before the big day so yeah absolutely well cool there was, that's two great things that happened in the Mark Twain then two really fun yep. stories the Mark Twain is definitely our place now <laughs> it's definitely our attraction <laughs> so we're excited for it to open up again yeah yeah and I assume that you've probably been back several times while it's been docked just oh, to go yes. up there we eat there sometimes um, I've gone um, there are sometimes on my day off just to relax mm-hmm. and um, enjoy the view but yeah, we, we actually do love the fact that it is docked there for the time being. Yeah. Only because it makes it for a great picture spot, relaxing spot, dinner spot. Yeah, I'm going to be excited when it opens back up because I'm, I'm really excited to see the waterfalls and how they do uh, the area and the new berm and everything. So. Yeah. Yeah, the concept art looks amazing oh, yeah. for that. So beautiful. Yeah. Well, do you, before we move on, do you have any other stories? that you want to tell anything else that comes to mind oh gosh definitely trying to think and filter between all the different fun and sometimes difficult and crazy times I do have to say that I did work I was part of the training crew for uh, Mickey's Halloween party oh. um, when they did the new uh, parade with the villains and the Muppets. Miss Piggy was in the back of one, I think. (laughs) Very random, but of course. (laughs) 
Well, we were on, like I said, we were on the training crew and we had to do an overnight training, which was so surreal for me to be on Main Street with nobody there, just us. And we have, you know, Lady Tremaine and Anastasia and Drizella in their carriage and seeing Frollo and all these characters that from my childhood I was terrified of. Mm-hmm. And here I am having to work hand in hand with them and not be scared. So that was definitely a big eye-opener for me. I got to work with Jafar, and Jafar's creepy. <laughs> He's just so creepy. He's got these hands that, I don't, I don't know if you remember from the movie, they're just, they're long and bony fingers that just, ugh. Mm-hmm. I get chills thinking about <laughs> it. But they actually, you know, became really good friends, which is awesome. So... My favorite memory, though, of that, besides being on Main Street at midnight, (laughs) (laughs) was definitely there was a time at Mickey's Halloween party. They had the fireworks go off, and it was the part where there's fire, um, Mm. and they're singing the song from Hunchback of Notre Dame with the fire hellfire and Frollo's there, and he just took over the show. In town square. He really did. I mean, everyone's staring up at the fireworks, but here I am staring at Frollo, and he is just arms in the air, stretched out, just, you know, taking in his song and owning it like the diva he is, because he is the diva. Um, And it was awesome. It was really cool to see the what happens on screen in Hunchback of Notre Dame come to life before my eyes at Disneyland. <laughs> it was totally cool because Hunchback is one of my favorite films of all time. Just the score alone is a masterpiece. And like I said, getting to see Frollo do that was terrifying and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good moment. That's sure. what Halloween at Disneyland should be. It's what ways. it's all about. <laughs> really, it is. <laughs> terrifying and awesome. Right. <laughs> so it was good. Now, as I said in the intro, you are a the something of like that founder of the main attraction social club. I know a little bit about social clubs, not a lot. So, yeah. tell me about that. What's, yes, what is uh, social clubs are essentially just a group of friends or even a group of strangers that all have a common like. Uh, in this case, they like Disneyland um, or California Adventure or the parks. Um, or everything in, about Disney in general. So they kind of make themselves known from the beginning. It was wearing these uh, denim vests mm-hmm. with patches on them. And uh, that would say their social club's name on it. And they would all, you know, walk together to the different attractions. Sometimes now they separate and you have a few going to this one, a few going to that place. Um, and it's really become like a family thing which is awesome you got kids involved now there's meetups where social clubs uh want to meet with other social clubs and they just get together and it's really friendly and family oriented and just a really cool way to share disney with other people that you may have not have ever shared anything in common with before so i think it's it's really awesome what they're doing and they do different events between uh you know raising money for different causes or 
just you know uh, meetups at a uh, say a dapper day or a bats day or any red day any other day um, mm -hmm. that's not formally sponsored by Disneyland but <laughs> is you know a part of the park and the life of the park so yeah it's it's a really cool thing that myself my family my friends all wanted to be a part of so we made our own <laughs> It seems like I used to see them more, or at least see the vests and things more than I do now. It's definitely kind of branched out to where, like I said before, they did start with the vests. Um, there's people doing other things now. Sometimes uh, it doesn't have to be a jacket. Sometimes people just go in their regular clothes and they don't even have to make it known, mm -hmm. but they know. So, I mean, more power to them, whatever they want to do. I've seen sweaters. I've seen patches on bags. So I don't, I think they're there, whether we see them or not, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah. So what made you want to form your own instead of joining up with one of these others that's already existing? Yeah, you definitely can um, join with one that's already existing. I mean, they have their own different rules and guidelines and things that you must adhere to. And we would, they're all great. I think for us, it was just a matter of who we are, what we want to do, and how often we go to the park. Um, my husband and I live walking distance from the park, so we're there for dinner, we're there just to walk around, people watch, uh, whatever it may be. And I think for us it was more of getting our friends to get passes and <laughs> to join us um, and whatnot. But we were really excited when we came up with, okay, what are we going to be called? What are we going to do? Um, what are we going to represent? And getting together with some of our friends and uh, my husband, my dad, his parents, we kind of came up with, we wanted to represent the attractions, what we love most uh, about the park. We all represent a different attraction, which is really hmm. neat because in all the patches that I've seen thus far personally, excluding a few, they're either the same patch and they're the same uh, social club. Some of them I've even seen, uh, there's different people of the same social club, which their patches are just different adaptations. Okay. Say, uh, for example, there's a patch with like the same background, but the characters are different mm. Okay. Yeah. for each person. So that person represents that character. And we kind of wanted to fall in that same boat. So we're the main attractions with each one of us representing a different attraction, which is pretty cool. So obviously I have to ask, which one do you represent? Yeah, you know, that's a good story too because it was a very tough one for me. Just based on my story before, uh -huh. you would think, oh, it's going to be the Mark Twain because she has a lot of different stories from there. And it would have been if... Peter Pan was not <laughs> there, but because it is, um, and the Peter Pan attraction does hold a special place in my heart, as I'm sure it does to many of your listeners, it definitely resonates with me as something that was from my childhood, something that I've always held almost to the point of it being sacred to me. Like, for example, I do not ride the Peter Pan attraction every chance I get, and I don't write it with just anybody. Hmm. And if it has to come down to it, I will have to write it by myself, even though I'm with my friends, because I do not ride the attraction with anybody else <laughs> other than my father. So it's, it's definitely something between my father and I. 
Um, and I'm sure you're going to get those things with your little girl mm-hmm. um, growing up. So for me, it's it's mine and my dad's thing. And if he's not there and my friends do want to go on it, then I ride by, by myself. So it means that much to me that I, have, of course, had to choose that one. Of course. Based on what you'd said before, my guess would have been the Mark Twain or Splash Mountain. That is true, because I did mention that is my favorite attraction. And let me clarify this, since we're (laughs) on this subject, and since I've apparently contradicted myself many times. Um, I love, obviously, many different attractions for their various different reasons. Splash Mountain, I definitely connect to um, Br'er Rabbit. I'm a little mischievous, not going to lie. I do have some moments where I laugh at my own jokes and I think my own jokes are funny. (laughs) But I love rabbits and I love how carefree sometimes where rabbit could be, sometimes to the point of his own demise, but (laughs) (laughs) But he, you know, learns his lesson in the end. Um, I love the music. I love how Tony Baxter was able to take the America Sings characters and bring them to life in a new setting, yeah. which was awesome. Um, so I, I love the life and the story and the movie Song of the South. I love it all. Holds a special place in my heart, just as Peter Pan does. And now, because my husband proposed to me at Mark Twain, that does. And I'm sure you can relate, and your listeners can too, that every... Just like Disneyland, every area tells a story. Mm-hmm. Every movie tells a story. Walt Disney was himself was a storyteller. These attractions have a certain story in my life and mean so much to me um, in their own way. So while I do love them all, <laughs> and while I do love Slash Mountain and the Mark Twain, I myself, as uh, a member of our social club, represent Peter Pan. Okay. I hope that all makes sense. <laughs> it does. And in fact... I was at the baby care center, not surprisingly, not long ago, and my wife and a friend of ours had taken our daughter down to change her, and there's only so much room back there. So I just stayed in the front, I just said, you know, I'm just going to hang out by the door and open the door for parents coming in and out, juggling everything. Mm-hmm. And while I was standing there, right across the way from me was a mother and her seven-month-old daughter mm. who had just started to talk. Aww. And so she was just yammering away with whatever random sounds. <laughs> And her mom was like, wow, you're really telling stories today, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And right before we left, I think the little girl's name was Jade. And so I got down and I said, now, Jade, I want to tell you something. Disneyland is all about stories. Mm-hmm. It's full of stories. And the thing that makes Disneyland special is that you bring your stories. Mm-hmm. And you tell your stories here and make this part of your story. And that's what's going to make this a special place for you. So you keep telling those stories. And it sounds like that's what you're, you're doing from as a kid on up to yes. even now. Yes. You bring your stories. and People who don't appreciate Disney as much as we do, I think that maybe some of it is they're not bringing their stories. They're mm-hmm. not becoming part of that story and adding their own piece to it mm. like we do. Hmm. So, you know, I totally appreciate you having multiple favorite attractions <laughs> and the, re- the stories and the reasons behind every single one of them. I'm a li- I, I promise I'm not that indecisive, <laughs> but I, I decide on liking a lot of them. <laughs> That's right. And you still only have one in each of those lands so far. You haven't doubled up that per land true. yet. That is true. That is a very <laughs> valid, good point. That is very true. Now, if somebody wants to join 
your social club? How would they do that? Do they have to pick an attraction first? <laughs> How do they get in very, touch with you? Very good question. As of right now, you can, our main site would be through Instagram. Okay. Um, that would be the best place to find us. We also do have a Facebook, but we definitely communicate more through Instagram. Um, it's instant. It's easier. We get those notifications. Um, direct message is great. What we do is we just pick a day where we're planning on going. We go, and we're just going to like feel it out, see what it's like what you like about the park what are your dislikes we want to know what you feel Mm -hmm. um how the park is to you and before we even choose said attraction we just get to know you and hang out and i mean there's many different other social clubs as well you may even find that you want to get into a bigger one because we're fairly we're, we're relatively small but as soon as that process is done with and uh, we kind of swear you in in the sense that, you know, when you come to the park, you look out for trash. You look out for other guests who need help. You are definitely, you know, a citizen of Disneyland and you're going to hold yourself to that standard mm-hmm. of citizenship. So um, after going through that, that's when we get from you okay what are your top choices for your attractions and then we see oh well somebody else kind of already has that one <laughs> as can we, we go to the next one or we get to hear your story why do you like that one what is mm-hmm. your story behind it and yeah and then we go into getting you know your patch and and hanging out as we are so um small that we actually don't have patches as of yet But what we are in the talks of keeping it on the down low, as I'm announcing it on on your show, um, uh, we're looking to getting uh, jackets instead of vests. We're looking to do Letterman's jackets, which is a little bit on more the expensive side, but they're definitely more classic. It's keeping to that 1950s feel as when the park opened. Right. So... (laughs) <laughs> now, can someone pick an extinct attraction? Yes. Okay. Yes, they can. So if I wanted to be adventure, you know, like have Adventures Through Inner Space or something yeah, for mine, or definitely. the Monsanto House of the Future or something. Yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> you certainly can. Oh, good. Okay, cool. And now speaking of the things that you do on Instagram, I think it was soon after or maybe right before we did the last interview, you had started the Disneyland Fit Girl Instagram. Yes, that is awesome. What it is essentially is a part, or rather I am a part of the Fit Girl program, which they are also on Instagram, and they have a set program for girls and women who would like to make a change in their life, but not necessarily I'm going to go hardcore and start taking protein shakes and lift and all these different things, which mm-hmm. more power to you if that is your personality or if that's what you like. For me personally, I hate exercise. <laughs> if I had to mark down the five things that I would not want to do in my life, it would be to exercise, <laughs> as I say that with shame. I'm just not, I'm not a runner. I'm not super athletic. I don't necessarily like going to the gym, all these different things. So I was trying to figure out between, you know, my wedding and my honeymoon to now, how can I 
stay happy, healthy, and be, like, motivated about it and Mm -hmm. excited about it. And not only has the Fit Girl program helped me with, you know, getting fit for my wedding, but it's also been a life changer. And that's really what it is. It's not a workout regimen. It's not a diet. It's a life change. And so I took it to the happiest place on earth. And... (laughs) It was thinking, you know, if I'm walking around the park all day or if I'm getting from point A to point B, I'm not going to say running because we can't run at the park. But Walking briskly. Thank you. If I'm doing my (laughs) Disney walk, which we all have a Disney walk um, from, you know, one side of the park to the other, I'm essentially exercising. And that's exciting Mm -hmm. for me because I, like I said, I don't like exercising. So when I can put it into play in my daily life, that's an exciting thing and a proud moment. Not only that, but it's also finding those healthier choices at the park, which um, is something that I like to help out with. So if someone's at the park and they're looking for maybe a healthier choice, they could hashtag healthy foods at Disney or Disneyland healthy or healthy Disney or something. And they can see a post of mine that says, oh, at this location and um, in bear country, over in, uh, or excuse me, in Critter Country at the Hungry Bear, you have a really nice salad there with mm-hmm. berry dressing, and it's delicious. And um, they might decide, oh, I want to go try that. Um, not only that, but for me, it's something that I can do, whether with, I'm with my husband or I'm on my own, that he likes as well. He likes going to the park um, and walking around and just getting our steps in, as he says. Because we just don't go to the gym together. Not that he doesn't go to the gym, because he does, but I don't go to uh. the gym. And on the times that I have, it's it's not my proudest moments. <laughs> but at the park, it makes it easy. Mm-hmm. So that's what Disneyland Fit Girl is all about. It's in channeling that into your lifestyle in the best setting you could possibly have it in at Disneyland. Yeah. Have you gotten any feedback from people who follow your Instagram account? Any- yeah, there's some other Fit Girls who are in the Fit Girl program. If you are in the Fit Girl program, it is definitely recommended to you, and it's actually part of the program, to make an Instagram account so you can follow your own journey mm-hmm. through the program. And it is come up with the name Fit Girl. So Chelsea Fit Girl, Anna Fit Girl, Marble Fit Girl, whatever you want to say, <laughs> Fit Girl okay. is your thing. So there's many other Fit Girls out there who have followed my account or commented on it or seen a picture and liked it, who enjoy the different motivations I put on there. Sometimes I'll put on a motivational quote from a prince, Disney princess. Mm-hmm. And Disneyland actually started a campaign themselves uh, with the princesses called Dream Big Princess. And they have motivational quotes from princesses on there as well that I follow that I find very inspiring because these are the women that I've looked up to growing up Uh and having it come to me now when I'm in my 20s and I get to see and hear what they have to say in a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really neat. So sometimes I'll either uh, repost it or I will um, look to a movie and come up with my own and say, that was really inspiring to me. It might be inspiring to somebody else. So I'll put that on there. 
and I come up with rules for myself and goals for myself, which is really awesome. But I have had other fit girls, like I said, comment on them with their thanks and their like, this is such a great idea. They're, you know, um, very motivational themselves. They're, they definitely like to help each other out, which is mm-hmm. a great and awesome thing to be a part of as a woman. We're already very critical of our own selves and having other strong women going through the same thing that you're going through, being yeah. able to stand by you and motivate you and encourage you. It's a beautiful thing to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. I follow your account and obviously I am not a girl, but I have them in my life, <laughs> you know, and so yes. sometimes I can see something that I can share with them. Obviously my daughter is not on Instagram. Uh, my wife, she does Facebook sometimes, and that's the only social media she does. So to be able to just show her, yeah. you know, kind of help provide a little extra encouragement or not, you know, provide it, but be the conduit that you can provide it to yes. her. Yes, and there's even um, different fit girl husbands that mm. are on there who not only help their wives and encourage their wives and other women, but they're also taking the challenge themselves, which <laughs> uh-huh. is really exciting to see because it does work. It's a life change. It's not a 30-day regimen, um, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to see if Fitz Kohler knows about the Fit Girl program. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's big with the Run Disney stuff, and so uh, just knowing her and the motivation that she likes to provide and, and the encouragement and everything, I have a feeling that if she doesn't already know about it, it's something that she would definitely like she to see. She should definitely look into it because once a month, I believe, they have virtual 5Ks where you can run with the other women in your own area or even run on your own and just check in and uh, other women are running as well the same uh, time of day the same, uh, of course, day and also the same distance, Mm -hmm. which is really cool to see we're in a day and age where we can do that. (laughs) We can connect to other people in different ways through social media, which is neat. Absolutely. So as we kind of wind down a little bit here, do you have any tips that you'd like to share with other guests, either from things you know from being a cast member or from being a frequent guest, you know, something that they may not know that might help make their visit better? As far as meeting characters, you Anything say? about going to Disneyland. Meeting characters, particular food that you think is one that people don't pay attention to because they're like, oh, it's a healthy choice, I don't care, but it's really mm, good, like the mm, salad you mentioned. Mm. You know, attractions, anything. Because I feel, if I do say so myself, I am an expert <laughs> at the characters... I would definitely say, in my professional opinion, <laughs> would be to look to the interaction between characters. Um, the best part, and I, I believe I may have even mentioned this before, and that's because it just means so much to me, and I know the characters as well. It's all about the interaction. It's not about the pictures. It's not about getting that next autograph in your book it's not about oh who did I see today let's try to see as many as we can and check off our list which all those things are doable they're great and you can do them but I would definitely say if you're going to meet a character 
they're just like everyone else. These characters, you know, have lives. They, they're leaving, like, say, they're leaving the, like, since we were on the Pooh characters, they're mm-hmm. leaving the Hundred Acre Wood. Pooh Bear's leaving Christopher Robin to come see you, and that's a, not an easy task for him because he's so attached to Christopher Robin. Right. And Mickey's got a busy schedule in his day, and he's taking time out of his day to come see you. And so many guests that I have personally interacted with during my time there not all this does not in any way shape or form say that all guests are the same or all people are the same because they're not but I have had instances where they just want to get that that picture and Mickey really wants to say hi to their little girl or talk Mm -hmm. to them or give them a low four or (laughs) You know, see how their day was, and getting that one-on-one interaction is so special, especially for a child. Mm-hmm. Getting more and more comfortable with seeing the characters, because it can be a little stressful, especially mm-hmm. for younger kids. And sometimes parents just, you know, want to get that picture and go because they have places to be, things to do. So they're trying to do it very quickly, yeah. and a child may become frightened, and it could be, a, it could be a disaster. So the best thing to do is to just take your time. Take your time with the characters, even if you feel you're in a hurry and you have somewhere to go. If your decision is to meet a character, interact with them as you would any other human being. They they may, you know, he may be a giant mouse, but he has feelings. Right. <laughs> so just to take the time is really what I'm trying to say um, and have that interaction because that's going to last so much more and be so much more meaningful to you than it would be, say, a picture mm-hmm. or an autograph. That's good. That's really good advice. I love that advice. It's like the story I told you a few weeks ago about Mickey giving the flower yes, to my daughter and exactly. taking the time for that. Yes. Yeah. And rushing, you miss out on that. Now, I have to admit, during those times, if I want to take my time with the character, I, I'm always at least subconsciously aware or semi-consciously aware of the people behind me in line yes who are like well you just take the picture and move on and i yes but know to yourself um that as much as you feel that way and you're having this interaction with that character um whether or not the family behind you wants you to hurry just know that they want that magical moment too so maybe they're just excited (laughs) (laughs) to get to that magical moment and say we're going to be able to interact with them as well and if a picture is all they want, then unfortunately, I mean, that's all they're going to get, mm-hmm. really. If that's what you, their mindset is at, then that's all they're going to get. And for me, it'd be so much more, and I'm sure you too, obviously, it's so much more meaningful to have that interaction than to just move on and get right. a picture and move on and get a picture. <laughs> so... Yes, be mindful. I wouldn't say take an hour or, or 30 minutes, but also it's, it's making the memories there that count. Right. That's good. That's good. Thank you. We just have a couple minutes left here, so I'm going to give you your shameless plug time. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you actually do have things that you want to mention, you know, places where people can go to find the social club or Disneyland yeah. Fit Girl, or whatever else you want to mention. Go for it. Well, you can definitely find us, like I said before, on Instagram. Um, I am at the handle of Disneyland Fit Girl. Um, You will see the account is private only because it's my life. This is 
definitely something that I am not taking lightly. And like Thumper said, this is actually, you know, on there too. You'll see, like Thumper said, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. social media has given people that power to hide behind a computer screen or a phone screen and to say things that they wouldn't necessarily say to someone's face. And so just go ahead and put in the request to follow me and I will be happy to take you on my journey and to give you different pointers and different inspirational quotes from princesses and just take you on that fit girl journey. Whether you are a fit girl yourself or you want to support, please do. And then like uh, we talked about before, there's the main attractions S. C standing for social club um you can follow us there you'll see when we're in the park what we like to do at the park who's representing what and yeah we'll take you we'll take you on a ride (laughs) (laughs) all right well and i'll put links to all of that in the show notes too so that people can find it thank you for taking the time to sit down with me again for taking me on a little bit of your journey and, and the listeners with us i appreciate it it's been fun hopefully we have an occasion to do it again. Yes, it's always been fun. And I am definitely humbled to hear that your listeners like my stories and wanted to hear more. So that's exciting for me. So I want to thank you. Thank your listeners. And I'd be happy to come talk another time if you want. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Amanda Henderson for being my guest again, and to you for listening. Remember to contact me for more information or to get a quote for the podcast cruise on the Disney Wonder in September of 2017. I want you to join us. If you missed the details when I first announced it, Richard and Sarah Woloski from Skywalking Through Neverland and I talked all about it in episode 119 of this podcast. I'll link to that episode in the show notes here for you so that you can get right to it. Or you can just email me at cruise at storiesofthemagic.com and I'll fill you in personally. Our group is filling up and space is limited, so if you think you even might be interested, contact me today. Now, I had talked before taking the hiatus about having a Disney tidbit in each episode, and I was going to put one in this one. But frankly, there are so many to pick from that I couldn't narrow it down. So I'd really appreciate your help. I'd like to know what kind of tidbits that you would be interested in. Do you want to know a little bit about theme park history, theme park trivia, backstories on an attraction, uh, an urban legend that needs to be addressed, something about the animated features, something about characters, something about live action features, something about Walt Disney himself. There's a bunch of different things I could pick from and dozens and dozens and dozens of possibilities in each category. So, at least give me a category. Or if there's something you've always wondered about, let me know. Show notes of this episode, you can make a comment, or send it to me on Facebook, or tweet it to me uh, on Facebook and Twitter. I'll give you those contact information uh, links here in just a couple of minutes. Well, maybe in just a minute. I don't think I'm going to talk that much longer. But give me something that you want to know about so that What I provide to you is what you most want to know, hear, and learn about. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, you've written a book, created a website, you're blogging, writing or performing music, art, whatever it may be, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who have worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, 
and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, or you've had any special Disney experience you want to share, maybe something about meeting a character, or maybe something special that a character host did for you, or you just want to say thank you to a character host. Anything, really, anything at all that is expressing your appreciation for Disney or someone who works for Disney, then I would love to hear from you. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. You can also use those two methods to communicate with me about what kind of Disney tidbits you might like to hear. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, through Stitcher Smart Radio, or through Google Play Music. You can find it at storiesofthemagic.com slash Google, or just search Stories of the Magic in Google Play Music and look under Podcasts. If you like the show, please rate and review it in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. It really helps. Since I've been gone for a while, I think I've probably dropped a little bit in the search results or the browsing uh, options that come up. So I really want to start off strong here. And you can help do that by just taking a couple of minutes and going to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and leaving a review. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic. That's also where you can go if you've got a Disney tidbit question or idea. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash storiesofmagic and tweet out that you're listening. Again, you can go there for a tidbit thing. Pin it on Pinterest. Tell your friends about the show. I just ask that you keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic too. If you've got anybody you know that you think, hey, I bet they would really like to hear Amanda's stories, let them know about the episode. Tweet it out, tell them about it, whatever, so that they can hear it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories coming sooner rather than later. But this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.